0: Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenged you. I hope that it inspires you, but more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Today we're starting a teaching series, and I didn't think I would ever do this, but where we've been over and through this last season of regrouping led to this point and um, led to me asking the question, God said, what did God really say that? We have so many questions, even from team members here to say, what did God, what did God say? That's what God, that's what God says about that. We just jumped out of a series uh, or a three week teaching rather on the truth and um, it's hard to jump from that and say, "Wait a second, that's really what God says." God has unchangeable, universal truths He says about the entire human race. And so, if you missed that series, I would love for you to go back and, and check it out. But today, we're starting a new teaching series titled "God Said What," and week one is um, talking about what God says that you are worth personally, what you are worth. And so, then go ahead and answer the answer the question this morning: What am I worth? What am I worth? And as you join us. Um, make sure you say hello in the comment box. Heather would love to, uh, would love to shout you out and say hello to you. And, uh, if you're drinking, uh, let me know your favorite creamer this morning. If you're a coffee drinker, I'd love, I'd, I'd like to try out a new creamer every now and again. So, um, it's good. Uh, we have regroups starting all over the place, uh, this morning. Excited for that. If you're leading a regroup, you're one of our regroups or a regroup leader. Thank you so much for joining in, in, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Groups um, all over. Um, a lot of guys are going to take this message and and use it, uh, later on tonight or later on this week. And so, man, super thrilled to have you guys leading regroups with us. If you are going to be giving today, we're going to throw a slide up to, uh, let you see, uh, how we can give this week. I uh, actually was able to send out a report to everybody who's given to redefine church and kind of let them know where we are financially and kind of the, the, uh, the base that we're going to be moving into 2021 with, and we want to be better in 2021 than we were in 2020. We want to be in person a lot more in 2021 than we were in 2020, and so uh, if you're giving to Redefine Church Day, thank you. It means a ton to have your support because you give the gospel goes forward. We give because what Matthew 621 says, it says wherever your heart is, that's where you'll find your treasure. Our treasure is people. We know that God values people. We know that people have the greatest value when they're in heaven, and so we like to send that treasure Ahead, and so that's why we're here. That's why we share the gospel. And so, if you're giving, the slides are going to hop up now. It's safe, simple, and secure to give here. The best way to do that is online. And uh, but if you're taking time to give today, um, and I just want to say thank you. It means a lot that we would have your partnership in helping the gospel go forward, especially right here in Gross Point. And so, if uh, you've not connected with us on social media, man, that seems to be the way of uh, the way of everything these days. As we are still in uh, quarantine of one of these phases and uh, trying to move forward and get out. So if, uh, there's a social slide that's going to hop up on the screen right now. And um, here's the thing. Social media is a great tool to share the gospel. It's a great, um, really um, kind of an unintrusive. It's it's really easy just to share or to like or to subscribe. And when people who follow you see that, it sparks interest. And so if you have people who are close to you but far from God and you're not sure how to approach a share of the message right now or a share of anything we do on the on social media during the week is going to be huge because it goes out and jumps in other people's feed. And so if you're willing to risk your relational equity to do that, thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. And so if you have your Bibles in your notebooks today, the context for the message is going to be in Isaiah 43. We're going to put this up on the screen. And I think uh, my push for you today is going to be to act like you've not heard um, the gospel before. Uh, take what uh, what your heart heard and what you uh, received or perceived the message about what God says you're worth to be. Take that and file 13 and get it out of your mind. And let's approach this message like we've never heard the gospel before because I believe God wants to say something very, very unique to you. And so if you're a highlighter, you can highlight verse four, uh, verse 4 in chapter 43. And Isaiah says, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you nations, in exchange for your life. And so uh, what we're going to do this morning is a little bit different. We're going to read Isaiah 43, 1 through 7 together. It's going to come up on the screen. You can go ahead and read this out loud with me right there where you sit, regardless of who you're with. It says this, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seda in your steed, since you are precious and honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This is what we're anchoring the the teaching on today. And verse 4 is kind of that cornerstone. He says this, he says, you are more valuable than you know. You are precious, you are honored, and you are loved. And today, understanding what God says about us and our worth, we understand that He gave something pretty great for us. He gave us His Son. And we remember that we were bought with a price, right? We're bought with a price. And, and the price was high because of our value to God. And so then your next question could be like, man, I, I am valuable. If this is the truth, this is what God said, I am valuable. Next question is, how much, how much am I worth? How much am I worth, Dusty? And this morning, I want you to know that I'm not talking about money. Although we'd love to talk money when we talk worth, we tend to confuse um, self-worth and net worth a lot of the time. And, but they're very, very different. They're very, very different. And so your value as a human being has nothing to do with your valuables um, that are in your possession, right? And so how much are you worth and the, the follow-up question to that I want to ask you is, do you believe that you are priceless? Do you believe that you're priceless, that even what God says in Isaiah 43:4 that you are precious and honored and loved, and that He gives people in exchange for you and nations in exchange for you? Do you believe that you are priceless, that God sees you as priceless? And the first thing that we must understand this morning is God would not send His Son to die for anything less. And so a lot of us have to own the fact that God sees us as more than we see ourselves. God would not send um, his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for junk, right? When God sees the world, he doesn't see an old junkyard full of old rusty Buicks and, and, you know, whatever you want to, whatever car that you think of when you think of the junkyard, God wouldn't send his son for that. He sees, he sees not old rusty Buicks, but precious, People that he has an affinity for, that he has uh, love for, that he honors, right? And he sees a precious body of believers that he would give his own son for, that he would give his life for, right? And so then the second thing we must understand is the world is going to constantly go against this message. The world's constantly going to essentially assault you with negativity over and over and over and the negative messages that we receive kind of pull or yeah, pull or push us away from the idea that God could see us as, as more, as better, as priceless. The messages that we receive, you know, through social media or through the news or through uh, who knows what channel you watch, they lead us to believe that we aren't very smart, right? That we aren't cool, that we don't have it together, uh, that we aren't enough. And in all of that, what we feel is unworthy to be called sons and daughters of a king, okay, and um, unworthy of God's love. And so if, if you're sitting in that boat this morning, one of those two boats, what I want to see, say is, man, God sees you, and he loves you, and he knows you, and he sees you as priceless. The good news is the world's message that we get over and over and over isn't God's message for us. And it's not God's message for you. And if that's a message that you grew up with and that you heard, man, I'm, I'm sorry because that's not the God that we serve. That's not what God said. You see it right there, even in the Old Testament. We're gonna check out the New Testament here in just a second. But what you need to know is God determines your worth. Somebody else doesn't. Nobody else has a place to tell you what you're worth or what you bring or what you add or or any of that. Only God determines your worth. And so today, regardless of how you see you, you need to know that God sees you as incredibly valuable. He sees you as priceless. And so I used to be pretty involved in the health and fitness industry and uh, really involved with the NSCA, which is the National Strength Conditioning Association. And they put a calculated uh, kind of a what what it's going to cost to recreate the human body, right? So if I had to recreate you and what would that cost me? And so, if we were to uh, recreate the enzymes and the hormones and all the different things in your body, uh, it comes out and it all up together that the average-sized person is worth just over six million dollars. Average-sized person, just over six million dollars. And so you'd say, well, if I have to put a value on it, then that would be the value that I would hold is is six million. I'm saying, how it feel? How it feel to be worth six million dollars? Does that change anything today? No, no, your feelings are like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you're never going to touch that. And so the reason that doesn't feel any different to know that you're worth $6 million is because that's man's idea of what you're worth. It's man's idea of what you're worth. Now, here's what's really cool is that same article estimated that if we were to calculate the cost of creating every cell in your body, that it would equal $6,000 trillion. That hits home a little bit more, but still, you're never going to touch the $6,000 that every cell in your body is worth. And so then what does it mean? It means you're priceless. It means you're priceless. It means there's more. It means there's more, right? And so why does that matter? It matters because God made you priceless. It doesn't matter that some, some guy uh, sit out and recalculated what it cost what it would cost to make the human body and, and sit some uh, bones and ligaments and tendons and muscles and organs on a frame with every cell and all those things. It doesn't matter. What matters is God made you priceless. And that's what I hope you see in that. And so if you have your Bibles, let's flip over to the New Testament. We're going to be in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15. These are three parables or three stories that Jesus shares with his disciples on how important people are. This is how much people matter to him. This is how valuable people are to Jesus. And so in the first parable, if you'll open up, I'm going to paraphrase as best I can. Just, I think these are all very, very familiar stories to us. And so the first parable is of the lost sheep. It says, all the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Heaven forbid, right? And so he told them this parable. What man among you who has sh- who has a hundred sheep loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after one? He always goes after the one that he lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and coming home he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, "Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep." Verse seven, he says, "I tell you the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the ninety-nine righteous people." who do not need repentance. What is he saying through this? What's the point? You are valuable. You're valuable. You're worth that. The second parable we see is this is the parable of the lost coin. Verse eight, or that woman or what woman has, um, or what woman has the 10 silver coins. If she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her, her women, friends, uh, and neighbors together saying, Rejoice to me because I have found the silver coin. Especially because we're in a coin shortage right now, right? She says, Rejoice me for I have found my silver coin. I tell you in the same way. Verse 10, I tell you in the same way. There is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. What's the point of the lost coin? you? are valuable people matter people are valuable to God and then you have the parable of the lost son this has been taught so many different ways and I'm not trying to do any disservice here this is um, a man had two sons and one of them asked for his inheritance and he left and he went and blew it all on nothing on essentially the world and came home broken down I want to pick up in verse 28 here um, uh, let's go 25. Now his older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard, uh, music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants and asked, uh, what does this, what does this mean? And it says your brother's here. And so what's happened is the brothers came back home. He was lost and the fathers prayed. And there's, there's so much depth to this story. Okay. And, and I'm hoping that, that this will help you put the first two parables, the first two stories together. But the son who uh, doesn't have a thing and is broken is broken and he's lost and he understands and he just understands he needs his father's love and he just asks for forgiveness. And so the older brother comes in and this is is a lot of our part here. So someone in the service says, what does this mean? And it says, your brother's here. He told him, And and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And that's how God sees you. He wants you back safe and sound. And so then he became angry, the brother became angry and didn't want to go in. So his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, Look, I've been slaving for many years for you, and I have never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your assets and everything that you have with prostitutes and slaughtered the fattened calf for him. I don't understand. And the father says, son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. And what we see in this is you're valuable. What's the point? of the lost son, you're valuable, you matter, you matter. Jesus wanted to help you understand so much of how valuable you are that he spent the whole book of Luke 15 to explain it to you. And each of these stories, we have the same punchline. It's the same thing. God says, you are valuable to me. You are valuable to me. And a lot of us just have to receive that this morning. And we might need to set in it today or this week. But you're valuable. God sees you as more than you see yourself. You matter to God. You're valuable. God says you're valuable because He loves you and He accepts you. He accepts you. You are precious, honored, and loved. Just like Isaiah 43.4 says. We see that love that's explained and expressed in Isaiah 43.4 right here in Luke 15 in three different stories. And so... If you want to know how much you're worth, you can always look at the cross, right? This is a it's a great Christian analogy, a great uh, analogy that we as believers say. If you want to know how much you're worth, just look at the cross and you see Jesus' outstretched arms. And you say, well, yeah, I've seen that. And that, that kind of makes me feel, you know, breaks my heart. Should. It should. So you're not feeling anything different. When Lainey was just a little bitty girl, I used to ask her, i say, how much you love me, girl? And she she would she wasn't speaking yet. She would just go. And that's it. That's it. Jesus says, this is how much you're worth to me. He says, this is how much I love you. This is how much I'm willing to give for you. I'm willing to give my life. And so you are infinitely valuable, infinitely valuable. Remember, God would not send his son to die for an old, rusty Buick. If you drive an old, rusty Buick, I apologize. It's just what I used today. I don't have anything against Buicks. God would not send his son to die for junk. First Corinthians 6 20 says you were, bro- you were bought at a price. Therefore honor God with who you are. You were bought at a price. And so then maybe today that might be the challenge or the action step for you is to realize, wow, God sees me. God knows me. God believes in me. God accepts me. And I just need to honor him with who I am because of how good he is to me. Because of the breath I have in my lungs because of the strength I have in my feet, because of the eyes I have to see and the ears I have to hear, I and mean, all those things. To bring this home, if you're writing down this, this next note would be good, or this next scripture is 1 Peter 1. This is verse 18 through 20. And it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless spotted lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these days, he has been revealed for your sake. For some of you, this is being revealed today, right now, for the first time. You understand what what gift God gave you, but you didn't understand the worth and the value behind it. And it had to do with you and what you hold and how much you're worth. It wasn't about, it wasn't always about Jesus. What you see here is God chose Jesus as your ransom, Long before the world began, He loved you that much. It was, this is going to have to happen. And time told when that, that time was, right? And these days, it says, it's been revealed for your sake. And so, with what we find our value in Jesus and and the fact that He, was, he came and was willing, but also um, gave, right? He gave His life so that we could have life eternally. And he said, "I would, I would essentially um, rather die than to live without you." And so then, that means our value in Jesus is understanding that um, our personal value is worth more than money. It's worth more than popularity. It's worth more than fame. Uh, we understand that that worth that that kind of is is bombarded us every day of the week is all temporary and. It provides no worth to our actual life or to our forever, to our eternity, to our days after life on earth. And so then the question we look at now is, so how do we measure value? Like, let's get back. Let's get a little bit practical. How do we measure value? And really measuring value ultimately is down to um, what we're willing to give for something. It doesn't matter what the price tag is. So like we go shopping at the store and the price is what it is. We're like, cool. Cool but we're always shopping for the deal. Right? Because I would say, well, that t-shirt's really not worth that. But at the end of season, it'll be half that and I'll get it then. Right? And so how we measure something is based on what we're willing to give for it. What are we willing to give for it? And so then if that's the measurement, your value, then if you can see through the scriptures, I've shared through the truth, your value is infinite. The creator of the world gave his only son for you, right? Can you imagine anyone paying a higher price than God paid for you? Willingly said here. In 1 Peter, the Bible says, we just said this. I'm going to knock it home again. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Jesus, the sinless spotless lamb of God, God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. Once you internalize the truth that God sent his son to die for you, you should never, ever, ever struggle with self-esteem again. There is no not being enough because when you understand your worth from Isaiah 43, 4, Isaiah 43, 1 through 7, Luke chapter 15, or these two scriptures we've shared on who God says his son is and why he sent his son, you should never struggle. Once you internalize the truth that God sent his son to die for you, you should never struggle with self-esteem again. Why? Because self-esteem is giving somebody else the authority to tell you what you're worth. And we hope to see it in how we, you know, a lot of the times it's how we dress. And so, do you like these shoes? These shoes good. These shoes cool. Do you like these? Do I fit in? Am I part of your crowd now? Am I part of your group? Do you value me? Do you think I'm worth a lot now because I showed up in this or because I have this or because I live here? And that's what self-esteem is. And we get caught up in the trap of comparing. Well, you know, Charlie over there, Charlie's got a riding lawn mower and I've only got a push mower. Like, it, it, No, it doesn't. And so that has nothing to do with self-esteem, but that's it. We constantly compare. And self-esteem is a man-made word. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible anywhere. And what you need to understand is self-worth is living who God called you to be. Self-worth beats self-esteem every time because self-esteem is something that somebody created because they were feeling unworthy. What God tells you that you're worthy, that you're precious, that you're honored, that you're loved, that he's willing to give nations for you. And so then we understand that we have worth this morning. And so then that's our self-worth. Our self-worth is what God says about us. It's what God promised about us. And it's what he says we're worth. Self-esteem is giving somebody else the authority to tell us what we're worth. One self-worth is from the Bible. The other is made up from a person, right? And so then what I hope that you see today is that God has eternally clarified your value. God has eternally clarified your value. You were worth dying for. You were worth going through the pain of getting beat and hanging on a cross. You were worth the nails driven into Jesus' hands. You matter. You matter. What Jesus showed you with that action is that he'd rather die. He would rather die than to live without you, than to live without you. And so that's why in 1 Peter 2, 7, we see respect everyone, And love the family of believers. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. God loves you, but he also loves everyone that you meet. And so this is not just a thing for you today. The the thing we need to see overall is, it also says respect the king, right? God loves you, but he also loves everyone you meet. You're never going to meet anybody that Jesus didn't die for. There's never going to be the one person, even that person right now that popped in your ear like, no way. Not that dude, not her. Yes, that dude. Yes, her. You're not going to meet one person ever that Jesus did not die for. Whether they're believers or non-believers, whether they are young or old, whether they look like you, they don't look like you, whether they vote like you, they don't vote like you. Republicans, Democrats, the Bible tells us that God is all And in all, he's the beginning, and he's the end, that Jesus loves everyone. Everyone. So then your value does not come from wealth, or fame, or good looks, or power. Your value comes from something deeper. There's a worth that God has placed on your life. And with an understanding of that worth, you understand and you see that you were made for something more than just existence. God did not put you on earth to work an eight to five shift or a nine to five shift or whatever that shift is. God didn't put you here for that. And you'll discover that. And you'll realize that when you see two things, two things, one, God considered you valuable enough to die for. The cross says everything about your worth. The cross says everything about your worth. Two, Jesus gave you a new identity regardless of where you are, where you're at, where you come from, what happened. It says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. Why is that so hard to receive? Because we have a memory and we can step forward with Jesus. But what is so, so difficult is to forget everything that's behind us. And we constantly get drugged back there, regardless of how you want to label it or why you think that it's all a ploy to get you to go back to your weak and beggarly ways. And God says, no, you're a new creation. This is, this is in Colossians chapter three, two, the past is forgotten and everything is nude. And so then when everything is nude, nude, that means there's a, there should be a renewal every day. That's why we engage in relationship with God, right? And so when you establish a relationship with Jesus, he makes all things new and when you meet with him daily, he renews those things that have been made new. And you start to walk in your new identity and believing who God says you are. And so Jesus says with 2 Corinthians five seventeen, he says, our past mistakes don't define us. They don't define our value and they don't define who we are. A lot of us carry those mistakes with us. Those sins, the, the you know, whatever you want to call it, a transgression. A lot of us carry those things with us and they think that this marks me. That I've got this mark. And because I have this mark, I'm 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 just always gonna be and fit and sit in this box. And God's God tore the walls of that box down with his son Jesus. And he said, You don't have to sit there anymore. Matter of fact, you don't have to carry that label anymore. I've made you new, new. And so he cares more about where you're going than he cares about where you were. He cares more about where you're going than he cares about where you've been. And so then I've got a couple questions for you before today. And this is just rhetorical, really. I don't know if you're going to answer these. If you're a note taker, yes, please, please write them down before today. How much did you think you were worth? Did you immediately go to your net worth? Did you immediately go to, well, I got this house and I got this, this, this car. And, um, those four kids, they, they got to amount to something, right? Did you immediately go to, net worth. And the one thing that I want to challenge you with, and what God is challenging you with this morning is this, do not ever confuse your valuables with your value as a person. Two totally different things. You can be poor or you can be rich. You can be skinny or you can be portly, right? Plump. I said plump in my notes. You can be brown or you can be red. It has nothing to do with your value as a person. It has nothing to do with how God sees you. It has nothing to do with what God says you're worth. Your worth. By the way, I can say plump or portly because I carry a little extra weight, okay? And those guys who do that, they can say it and get away with it, right? And so then, not to offend anybody this morning, practically, there are two things that determine value in life. Practically. We talked about one of them earlier, but let's dive just a little bit deeper in it and then we're gonna close. So then, what someone is willing to pay for it, right? This is how we determine value in, in our earthly life. What is somebody willing to pay for it? So this morning, how much is your house worth? How much is your house worth? Not as much as you think it is, okay? Heather and I just had a house scope across the street from us. It is like it's selling for so much less than we thought it was selling we like, what the heck? Now, the good news is it's worth more than it was a year ago, okay? So then you got that going for you right? But in all reality, your house is really worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Your house is really worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. How much is a piece of art worth what somebody's willing to pay for it? I know several artists, and and again, when you put in the time and the effort, you see, you see a lot of value, right? Well, somebody might show up and go, nah. Who are we to say? We can't. Because really, it's only ever worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Number two, the next question is, where did this come from? Who, who owned it before? Who owned it before? And sometimes something's valuable because who owned it before. So for example, um, a car that Henry Ford drove around personally is going to be worth more than my Ford pickup truck. Okay, I get that. The house that's a, that we have a neighbor is a couple of streets down. His yard is immaculate. He's out there every single day. Mr. Brown, he's out taking care of his house. Ty Cobb used to live at that house. It's Ty Cobb's old house. Is Ty Cobb's house worth more than my house? Well, to the right Detroit Tigers fan, absolutely it is, right? And so then you see pairs of uh, worn out shoes that professional athletes have worn Selling for thousands of dollars every single week on eBay, it seems, right? Who owned it before this? And so then based on these two things, what is somebody willing to pay and who owned it in the past? My questions to you are this, what's your value? What's your value? Can you reference what we've talked about today? What's your value? Who do you belong to? And what was paid for me? What was paid for me? The Bible in uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 23 says, you have been bought. This is the third scripture we're going to say, just like this. You have been bought and paid for by Christ. So you belong to him. You've bought, you've been bought and paid for by Christ. You belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. Whether you're in relationship or not, God, the creator of the earth, created you. Number the hairs on your head, sand in the sea. He knows what your palm looks like. He knows what your fingerprints are. He knows you because he is your heavenly father. And so then how much does that make you worth? How much does it make you worth this morning? Realizing that you're the son or the daughter of a king. The king. The Bible says you belong to God. God exchanged his son for you right? The cross proves your value. Again, Jesus didn't die for an old rusty Buick. He didn't come for clunkers, right? He came because you're priceless. He came because you're priceless. Nobody has ever paid a greater price than God paid for you. You're acceptable, you're valuable, and you're worth it. No matter how you feel, here's the reality. You don't have a choice. God says you're acceptable, you're valuable, and you're worth it. You don't have a choice not to be worth it. The decision was already made. The decision was already made. It has been done. Jesus already went to the cross. He's awaiting your, <laughs> your acceptance. And so today as I close, I hope that you have um, an understanding of of what God says you're worth. I'm not saying that you're going to internalize it and own it. And it's going to be affirmed today and part of your faith. But I hope that you have an understanding of what God says that you are worth. And what you need to know today is you will never be more valuable to God than you are right now. And you'll never be less valuable to God than you are right now. You carry the same worth. And if you ask again, how valuable is that? Your heavenly Father created you. Jesus, our Savior, your Savior, died for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, God's Spirit lives inside you. We call it the Holy Spirit. God does not, will not, has not, ever created anything without purpose or without intention. Ever. Ever. So then, the fact that you're alive and breathing and engaged today means that there is purpose for you, that God loves you, and that he was intentional when he made you. Intentional. Which means I don't have to listen to what somebody else says about me. I listen to what God says about me. I don't have to be somebody or something else. I only have to be myself. The most important thing you're ever going to be is who God called you, who God created you to be. I know you're not perfect. I won't tell anybody. Neither am I. I know you're not perfect, but I also know that you have infinite value. You have infinite value in the kingdom of heaven. You have infinite value in God's sight. You have infinite value to his son, Jesus. You have infinite value to the people around you. And sometimes they really suck at expressing it. They do, because they don't know, because they can't see for themselves. But you have infinite value to the people around you. And so as I wrap up, I want to paraphrase what we open with. This is, this is Isaiah 43, 1-7, and here's what it says. God's favor and goodwill to his people speak abundant comfort for all believers. All who believe in his Son, he has set apart for himself. Those that have God for them need not fear who or what can be against them. True believers are precious in God's sight. His delight is in them, and His delight is in them above anybody else, more than anybody else. No matter where where they go, no matter where believers go, through fire, through water, underwater, It is written that God is with them, that they don't fear any evil and that they will be born up and brought out and that they will be encouraged. The faithful followers are encouraged. And so today, I hope you're encouraged. I hope you see what God says you're worth. I hope you not just know this in your head, but believe it in your heart so it'll make a difference in how you walk. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefined.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.